Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, tonight, you know, I, I trust that you won't mind if I just talk to you about something that's been on my heart today, just for me. You know, so if, it, if it's good for me, it ought to be good for you. You know, I, I, need, I needed to spend some time on this today for me. And, um, and I didn't have time to think about what you might need other than, other than this. But I figured if it, if it works for me, it works for you. How about that? <laughs> so tonight we're going to talk about voices. You know, and, uh, and hearing voices and what kind of voices there are. And, and you know, most of the time people will, will say, oh, you hear voices? Uh, you know, they'll, they'll think you're crazy. They think, okay, you need to be on some, some Prozac or something. You know, but I'm telling you what, there are voices at work in our lives all the time. Everywhere we turn, there are voices that are coming at us about different things and in different ways, saying different things. And, uh, and so we're just going to, I actually got to looking today, and it's amazing when you run some references how many types of voices there are just listed in the word. And, um, and so we're just going to talk about that. You know, um, go with me first of all to Exodus fifteen twenty six. We're just going to kind of start here. Exodus fifteen twenty six. We are sensory people. And part of our sensory uh, equipment is hearing, and um, it's important to be mindful of what we hear. You know, here in Exodus fifteen twenty six, it says, "Well, I've got a stuck page here." It says, and if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do what is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all these statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee. It goes on, but the, the important part here is if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. And so many, there are so many references in the Old Testament that have that, that uh, phraseology in there to the voice of the Lord your God. And obviously, that's the most important voice that there is. But when I got to thinking about that word hearken, well, what does hearken mean? It means to listen, to give heed to, to attend to. Well, I went, okay, what's, what's heed? So I went back and I looked. And what the word heed means is to give careful attention and consideration to. Now, if you're going to have voices in your life, you better decide which ones to hearken to. You better decide quickly which ones you're going to give careful attention and observation to. Because they're not all the same. They're not all the same, folks. If they were, this life would be so easy. But they're not. You know, and there are times when we're going to have to choose which voice to listen to. We're going to have to make a choice. We're going to have to take a stand what we will not listen to. You ever seen somebody with their hands over their, over their ears like this? You know, somebody's yapping and they're just doing this. There are times, you know, when we need to do that. And so I got to looking 
after I found this verse in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, it says, There are many voices in the world, and none of them are without signification. Well, what does that really mean? The 20th century New Testament says, Not one of them fails to convey meaning. Whatever voice is talking to you, there's some significance to it. It carries some kind of meaning. I found a little bitty note in a, in a concordance today that says, um, where did it say that? Did I write it down? Whatever you, whatever you give heed to, whatever you hearken to, is the voice you will obey. Isn't that interesting? It's the voice you will obey. You know, having kids, is, it just it gives you a wealth of opportunities for stories and experience, you know, with so many different things. My children have not always hearkened to my voice. They have not given great heed, careful attention, or observation to my voice. Sometimes they have just totally ignored my voice. Anybody been there? You know, it's it's the same thing is true in every relationship and every situation. There are times when somebody gives you their attention and times when they don't. You know, I mean, you find that true in a a marriage situation. You find it true at work. You find it true everywhere. You know, if if you're going to be telling somebody anything, sometimes they're going to pay attention. Sometimes they will not. But whoever you hearken to is the voice you will obey. I I I just thought that was absolutely fantastic you know, phrase there, you know, whoever, whatever voice you hearken to, you will obey. And so anyway, I just, I just want to go through here with you and just talk to you about some different kind of voices and, and, and then in the Old Testament, and then we'll skip to the New Testament. You don't need to write these down or anything. Uh, but like I said before, the most, the most common phrase that I found in the Old Testament was the hearkening to the voice of the Lord your God. Great I mean, that's it's best that that is the biggest one. But in Genesis 3, 17, I thought, what a way to start this one. It says, hearken to the voice of your wife. <laughs> it's talking about the voice of your wife. <laughs> Genesis three seventeen. That's in the Bible, hon. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was talking to Adam, and it really wasn't a good thing. He said, you, you listen to your wife, you know. And at that point, it was not a good thing. But let me tell you, there's plenty of places where it's a good thing. <laughs> there are days, you know, when, when he's in trouble if he doesn't listen to the voice of his wife. <laughs> in Genesis 4.10, it talks about the voice of your brother's blood cries out. In Exodus 4.8, it talks about the voice of the first sign, talking about the Pharaoh and the people of Egypt who did not pay attention, did not hearken, did not give, give heed to the very first sign that God used to, to try to convince them to let the people go. So they didn't hearken to that voice of the first sign. Um, in Deuteronomy, it talks about the voice of his father and the voice of his mother. In Joshua 10.14, in fact, turn over there to that one. I, I just thought this was a... A fantastic statement in here. And this is an Old Testament man that we're talking about. In verse 12, it says, Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up 
the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Joshua? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, and hasted not to go down about a whole day. And there is scientific proof that there is a day missing. Uh, And in verse 14 it says, And there was no day like that before it, or after it, that the Lord, listen to this, hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Is that not the most amazing thing you've ever read? The sun and the moon stood still because God hearkened to the voice of a man. An Old Testament man. Not a man who knew what authority he operated in, but a man who just was... God's servant. I, I looked at that today and I went, that is pretty incredible. So anyway, just that's my little side, side journey here for the moment. You know, but in, in Psalms, Psalms talks a lot about voices, which, you know, kind of stands to reason since Psalms is a book of songs, you know. And, and so it, it talks about in verses, um, Psalms 6, 8, it talks about the voice of my weeping. You know, weeping has a voice. In 26, 7, it says, it talks about the voice of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has a voice. Psalm 28, 2 says, the voice of my supplications. 42, 4 talks about the voice of joy and praise. Psalm 47, 1 says, talks about the voice of triumph. We sing that. Shout for the voice of triumph. Shout with the voice of triumph. Listen, if you're going to shout, it ought to be with the voice of triumph. You know, you, you, it's, it's pointless to shout unless you've got some triumph in you. Uh, 55.3, it talks about the voice of the enemy. How many of us have had, have had to listen to the voice of our enemy over the years? 58.5, turn there just real quickly. Psalm 58.5. Hallelujah. There's just a few of these that I just just happen happen to think are just interesting enough to let's just turn and read it. Excuse me. It says, um, it's talking about the, the, well, in verse 1, Do you indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? Do you judge uprightly, O ye sons of men? Yea, in heart you work wickedness, and we weigh the violence of your hands in the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear, which will not hearken to the voice of charmers, charming never so wisely. Listen, you know, there are people in this world who have a voice of a charmer. You ever seen somebody like that? It's kind of like they just they have a way of talking. A way of speaking that just kind of lulls you into this, into this place where you just kind of, ah, oh, okay, whatever you say, I'll do whatever you say. Listen, you need to be careful of those kind of people. They're usually extremely charismatic. They're usually extremely persuasive. Usually it comes with um, a veil of, of something that just seems so good. Listen, don't fall prey to those voices. 
This world is trying to lull us all into a place where we are oblivious to what the real truth is and to the real dangers of what this world has in store for us as believers. And we need to be careful that we don't listen to the voice of charmers, whether it's in the entertainment industry, whether it's your next-door neighbor, whether it's somebody in your family. You know, we have to be aware of these things that, that seem so good and yet are filled with so much poison, filled with so much guile, filled with so much, I, I want to say, complacency. I mean, that's really what I see that this world is trying to lull the church into is, is a sense of complacency that we don't put up a fight anymore that we just kind of go with the flow and, and we, don't, we don't buck what they want to do. We don't stand our ground anymore. You know, but we can't afford to let the voice of the charmers be loud in our lives. Um, <clears throat> Psalm seventy four twenty three talks about the voice of your enemies. Psalm one eighteen fifteen talks about vo- the voice of rejoicing and salvation. Proverbs five thirteen talks about the voice of my teachers. You know what, I've, I've heard, had people say to me over the years, um, one person in particular, <clears throat> say they'd get in a certain situation, find themselves in a certain place, and suddenly all they could hear was my voice. And I'm going, okay, I'm not so sure they're telling me that's a, a good thing or not. You know, but at least, you know, it seemed to come across as being said that it helped. <laughs> you know, so, you know, there are times when I, 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 I kind of go back to, to different teachers that I've had over the years and different things that they've said, and, and just the Lord brings those things back. Thank God, you know, there have been teachers in our lives, teachers of the Spirit, teachers of the Word, you know, that, that God can bring those, that voice back into our lives to keep us strong, to keep us safe, to keep us steadfast on the rock. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 48, 20, it talks about the voice of singing. In Isaiah 51, 3, it talks about the voice of melody. In 65, 19, it talks about the voice of weeping. Jeremiah talks about the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness. Also in 919, he talks about the voice of wailing. In 1819, he talks about the voice of them that contend with me. In Jeremiah 30, verse 5, it talks about the voice of trembling and of fear and not of peace. Has anybody ever been there? When that just voices were just, I mean, loud in your ears, fear and trembling. There was no peace to be heard. There's this voice that's magnifying everything. It's almost like you find yourself in a tunnel, and that's all you can hear. You're surrounded by it. The, you know, it's the enemy's Bose system. <laughs> Surround sound. You know, I remember years ago when Pastor Greg was a little guy, he was, well, I think about two and a half. And uh, we uh, had a weekend where he just suddenly spiked a fever. And then the fever would go away, and a few hours later it would spike again. We did this all weekend. And on Monday I called the doctor and I said, uh, I really kind of think maybe I, I, mean, I should bring him in. You know, this is what's happening. He said, absolutely, you get him here right now. Well, by the time I got him here, the kid had no fever. And I'm going, I do know how to read a thermometer. Really, I do. And they didn't, they didn't look at me too crazy at that time. And uh, he wasn't running a fever while we were sitting in the doctor's office. And the doctor comes in and he goes, I'm sending you to the hospital. I'm going, hospital? 
Why are we going to the hospital? And he goes, well, there's something going on here. We need to find out what it, what it is. So by the time I got him to this children's hospital that was just a few blocks away, um, his fever had spiked up again to almost 105. So they put him in the hospital, and they found out that he, number one, he had pneumonia, and he had meningitis. And uh, the doctor said, I don't know if you understand how serious this is. This could potentially be fatal. And so the next couple of days, I mean, I called a pastor. Of course, he wasn't pastor at, the mo- at that time, just somebody who, who knew what the word said. And so he came to the hospital, and, and then we began speaking over that boy. And uh, enemy, you know, is in your ear the whole time, in your ear the whole time, in your ear the whole time, in your ear constantly. You know, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, this is, this is my baby, you know, and, and the enemy's speaking fear. I mean, you're, you're going to lose him. You're not going to have him. But I tell you what, another voice got louder than that. Another voice came into that room. Another voice said, oh, no, this is not going to be how it is. Another voice said, this is how it will be. And, you know, within a couple of days, his fever was gone. His blood count was, was, was back to where it was at normal. And the doctor sent us home a couple of days after that saying, well, it must not have been meningitis after all. Nobody recovers from it that fast. But I'm telling you what, there will be times in our lives when that voice of fear is so loud. You know, but you have to get to a place where your voice becomes louder than that. And... Um, <clears throat> There's just been so many times over the years, you know, where I've seen those kind of voices come up. You know, in the Old Testament, it even talks about the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah. That was a voice. The cry of Sodom and Gomorrah had come up to God because their sin was so grievous. Listen, sin has a voice. And in God's ears, it is not pleasant. But I'm telling you what, thank God for the righteous on this earth who can bring a different voice into the earth. It's the only thing that preserves this place. Because I tell you what, if Sodom and Gomorrah had sinned that was grievous, what in the world, what kind of on the standard of Sodom and Gomorrah have we found ourselves in in the day in which we live now? I'm telling you what, people think, oh, it's not that bad. Really? Yeah, I can't help but think that the voice of the sin of this world goes up before God at some point. But I'm telling you what, the voice of the righteous is declaring mercy and grace. The voice of the righteous is declaring that God's word is in this world and that God's spirit is moving among men and that his spirit will do what he wants to do. And by, and by doing that, that's what we've come to do on, on Monday nights when we come to pray. That's what you do when you intercede for people. Is that you're, you're bringing them before the Father in a, in with a bigger voice than what the enemy has in their lives. I tell you, we need to understand that we as believers today have a voice that we must use. That we must not be silent on. That we must be extremely vocal with. God's wisdom in our mouth will help make that voice palatable to people. Will make it easier for people to understand. Will make it easier for them to accept. But I tell you what, it's, it, takes, it takes prayer. It, it takes a, a, a people of God that will extend themselves enough into this world to want to make a difference. That we will use our voice to make that difference. Hallelujah. Well, I still haven't got where I actually want to go. But okay, now we're going to move over to the New Testament. Um, 
I honestly think that the entire New Testament, when you talk about voice, can be summed up in 1 Timothy 4 verse 1. First Timothy four verse one. And it's the first five words of this chapter. Now the Spirit speaks expressly. That sums up the voices in a new covenant. Now the Spirit speaks expressly. I've got written in here uh, clearly, expectantly. Then I went back and I found some other translations. One translation said the Spirit explicitly says. Another one says the Spirit says distinctly. Another one says the Spirit says clearly. And the Phillips translation says God's Spirit specifically tells us. Listen, the Spirit is always speaking. Actually, the Word of God has its own voice. You know, and and it has a voice when we speak it. When we take the Word and we speak the Word, now the Spirit, the, the Word has a voice. And, you know, we have to learn to be conscious of speaking the Word at all times, to give it voice, to give it place, to give it an opportunity to work. You know, it's, it, just because you look at it, doesn't mean it's going to do anything for you. But I'm telling you what, it is activated when you speak. The word, and it was what Mark, Mark Hankins said that, I just saw that not long ago, is that faith is voice activated. You know, and anytime you're speaking the word of God, you're speaking words of faith. And it's, and it's only going to be activated when you speak it. And so, to me, the, the New Testament is so much, I mean, there's, there's so much here you know, that, that is kind of just summed up in the fact that the, the Word speaks, that there's a voice of the Word, and there's a voice of the Spirit. Go with me over to um, John 10. Hallelujah. Y'all don't be too quiet tonight, please. John 10, let's just start in verse 1. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were, they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and he shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He that is a hireling and not the the shepherd, whose the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees 
and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. And the hireling flees because he's a hireling and cares not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and, and know my sheep and have known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not this fold, them must also I bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. You know, if you just read this, you know, it's, it's saying that his voice is the voice we need to be listening to, that his sheep know his voice. You know, and that's a confession you and I need to make all the time, is that we know his voice. That we hear it, we know it, we hearken to it, we give heed to it, we pay attention, we take it into consideration in every area of our lives. His voice and his voice alone. Now, when Jesus left, he left us somebody. Hallelujah. He left us, he left us a comforter. Hallelujah. And so over, over in verses, on chapter 16... In verse 13, it says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Listen, <clears throat> Jesus isn't here to give us his voice, but he sent us the Holy Spirit who has become his voice. You know, and for us, you know, it's time for us to listen to the voice of the Spirit. You know, and there are some times when my own, my own spirit has a voice, my mind has a voice, and it talks loud to me sometimes. You know, I, circumstances just talk loud in your ear. You know, when, when you're faced with something, when you're up against it, when you're believing God for something, the circumstances will come at you. When you're doing everything that you know to do, you're doing it because God told you, because the Spirit of God led you, because your own heart confirmed that. You're doing everything. And yet there are other voices that want to come in. I remember the, the story, some of the stories Dad Hagen talked about, you know, when he was on the, on the road in the early days, and he had a car that had four bald tires, and he had to get somewhere. He had no money to buy those tires. And he said, he's driving in the middle of the night, and he's going along, and those tires began talking to him. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? Anybody been there? Ever had somebody, something talk to you? What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? Well, what am I going to do? I'm going to do exactly what God told me to do. You know, you may not always find direction just in the word, but what you hear in your heart has, must line up with the word. It can't, be, it can't be in opposition to the word. And when you've heard from God through the word, or when you've heard from God right here in this inner man, you can be assured that what he spoke to you is true. In fact, it says over in 1 John 2, 27, it says that what he speaks is truth and is not a lie. And there are times when you have to speak back to those things that say to you, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? Deadline's coming. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? This is all falling apart. What are you going to do now? This is not going well. What are you going to do now? I know what God said. It's what you're going to say back to that that voice that's trying to tell you what are you going to do now. I'm going to do exactly what he told me to do is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to bank on that 100%, not 95%, not 99.9%, but 100%. I'm going to bank on what he's told me. 
I'm going to listen to the voice that's in here that told me this is what you need to do, and I'm going to stick to it. And when that voice that says, what are you going to do now, comes and says, I'm going to do everything I need to do and be happy about it, be glad about it. I'm going to go back to the Old Testament, and I'm going to see where it says I'm going to talk. I'm going to have a voice of shout, a voice of triumph, a voice of rejoicing, a voice of praise, a voice of joy. There ain't going to be no voice of weeping around here. You ain't going to find me in the mully grubs. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to go around saying, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Which voice are you going to hearken to? The voice you hearken to is the voice you will obey. And so, you know, for you tonight, I know there may be circumstances going on in your life. There may be situations. There may be decisions, you know, that you've made that's going to lead you to an ultimate conclusion. And yet it doesn't seem like you're getting there very fast. It doesn't seem like it's working. Well, it is working. What did God say? What did God lead you to do? What did, he, what, did, what did he put in your heart? You know, there, there's, there's a few times when I have, over, over the course of my life, <clears throat> you know, our lives together, you know, that we've, we've come really close to making a really bad decision because it was something we wanted really bad. I remember several years, well, it's been a lot of years now, you know, like three decades. I guess that was a lot of years, right? Um, we, we, were, we were living out, you know, in the country, 17 miles out of town, and we needed to get be in town closer. The kids were in school in, in High Springs. And, and so, you know, we, we found this house that we just thought was just, oh, it's a great opportunity. It's an older home. You know, we can, we can move into it. It's a neat house. And it was kind of neat, but it was old. And, uh, and, and we can, we can we'll, we'll, we've got this thing set up where we can do a rent-to-own kind of proposition. And so instead of waiting to hear what God had to say, we just decided to move on this thing. And, uh, you know, sometimes we get in trouble because we do that. We don't wait to hear what God's got to say. We just press on ahead. You know, it's always nice to stop and check what God's got to say about it. Sometimes he's going, eh, it's fine. And sometimes he's got something else to say. But we needed to get into town so bad. We wanted this so bad. And so we began to move our things in. We gave this man our first and our last and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and so we began to, to put things in this house. And the more things we put into this house, the sicker I got. And that night, we had just a, had a few things, didn't have a whole lot of stuff in, put in there yet. But during the night, I, I, I just couldn't sleep. And the guy the next morning said, I cannot live in that house. And he, and he kind of agreed with me at the time. Uh, a little while later, he came back, because I was working at the local doctor's office. A little while later, he came back and said, are you sure? And I went, I am so sure. And he goes, oh, okay, yeah, I know. I know you're right. Usually... You know, I'm not the one who, who's the lead on, on that kind of thing. Usually I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm just not that, that, I wasn't that sure of things at the time. And so I, uh, I said, no, we, can, we, can, we cannot. So we got into agreement about that thing. Now it cost us. That man did not give us our money back. And, uh, and, and the, the interesting thing about it was God made it up to us later. You know, but sometimes you just want something so bad that you ignore that voice that's that's on the inside going, nah, uh, 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 don't do that. And, and sometimes, you know, you just, you just run roughshod over that voice. And when you do, you find yourself in a mess. Well, it cost us, 
You know, but like I said, God made it up to us. And just we wound up after that having to move out of the place we'd been at for two years. The man was the man we rented from had been great to us. We'd been great to him. And and when we told him we weren't going to move after all, he told us we had to be out by the end of the month. I had two weeks. Well, two weeks back in those days, I mean, there was nothing to rent around here, nothing at all. So the day came that we needed to be out. We loaded up our stuff, and we came to town, and we checked, and there was nothing to rent. What do we do now? We moved into the church office. I think, Lord, I look back on that and go, what in the world? What in the world? But but we did. We moved into the, I mean, that was in the old building, you know, and so we had all those rooms, you know, in that old building. And so we moved it. This became, this became the kids' room. This became the room where we put all of our food stuff. And this became the, you know, our bedroom. And, and it just, it, it, you know, finally the office had some furniture. It was mine, you know, but it had some furniture in it. And uh, <clears throat> so we stayed there. And, and within just a week after that, the house that we spent the next 19 years in came available at a really good rate, and we were blessed. You know, it pays to listen. You sometimes your voice, kind of this one up here, you know, tries to talk louder than the voice that's on the inside of you. I know my own voice was 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 hollering at me, "Don't do this, don't do this." But the voice from this head up here was overriding it until finally it got our attention. You know, it, both of us just, you know, we, we finally went, oh, no, we can't do this. But God preserved us out of that. Listen, if you got yourself into a mess, doesn't matter how much it costs you, God can redeem it. If you know you're not supposed to be doing something, stop. By all means, stop. Yeah, but I want what you want is not as good for you as you think you want when it's coming out of here. But when it's coming out of here, this is the voice you listen to. Your own voice, your own spirit has a voice. Listen on the inside to what it's telling you. You know, instead, don't make God have to go get a a hammer and hit you over the head with it. He's not going to. If you're just bullheaded enough to just keep on going, he's going to let you keep on going. But I'm telling you what, there is a place. There is a place that we have to get to, where we begin to be so keenly aware of the right voice, that we hearken to and obey the right voice, that we can immediately recognize. You know, when Jesus was talking over here in the book of John, you know, about my voice will my sheep follow and no other will he, they follow, we need to become very well practiced at following the voice of our shepherd. Following the voice of the Spirit of God. Following our own voice. Our our own spirit is hooked up with the Spirit of God. There's safety there. Listen to that voice that's on the inside of you. And it will always take you in the right direction. And don't give in. Don't give in. When all these things are surrounding you with all these voices and this world and the circumstances that we walk through every single day will each try to inflict and, in, and put their voice, their thinking into our lives and we just can't let it happen. God wants us to be a success and we just have to, the one of the ways we're successful is by recognizing the right voice and putting the, putting the wrong one in the back seat. You know, if you have to do this, say that, uh, you know, circumstances will get so loud sometimes that you honestly have to spiritually do this. Just, just cover yours and just, and just begin to speak the word of God till you drown out 
those other voices. Um, at the end of, I know this is going to be fairly short tonight, but at the, at the end of uh, the service on, on Sunday night, pastor had a prophecy. And so it, it just kind of came back to me today that there were some things about what he said, there's some things that just kind of triggered this whole thing in me today. I, and so the, I went and got it, and, uh, and I actually wrote down part of it. So if you don't mind, let me just read this to you, especially if you weren't here on, uh, on Sunday night. Now, it's talking about words, but words have to... There's a voice. You know, words, words don't, don't do anything. Just There's a lot of words in here. But until somebody gives voice to them, they don't have any signification. But So with that in mind, I want you to listen to this. What was spoken by the Spirit of God on Sunday night. Words, words. Words spoken by inspiration. Spoken by the Spirit. Given by the heart of the Lord. Spoken over you. Spoken into you. Spoken from the Father about you. Words are not empty things. Words carry power. They carry grace. They carry all that they bring. They carry it into your life. Words, sometimes mysterious words, words you don't understand. Sometimes that they, they are not for the present, but they span a long period of time. But those words will not return unto me void, says the Lord. Those words spoken will surely come to pass. Words of life, words of hope, words of faith, words of blessing. Lay hold of my word. Lay hold of all the things that have come by the Spirit. Lay hold of those things. Take up those words in your own mouth. Give voice to it. And let them be your words. Let those things that have been delivered to you, and you watch over those things, and you speak them, and you keep them alive, and you talk about them when you rise up, and you talk about them when you lay down, and you share with those whose hearts are attuned to what God is doing. You share with them what I've said, says the Lord. Keep those words fresh and alive. Keep them on the forefront. Don't let them pass away into forgetfulness as you feast, as you dwell, as you meditate and ponder and mix faith with those things which I have said to you. They will surely come to pass. You know, it's hard to take all that in at the time. But when you go back and you write it down and you begin to read it, I, I see so I see so much in there that that spoke to my heart today. What things has He spoken to you? What's the voice of the Spirit of God been saying to you? What direction has He given to you? It doesn't matter what the enemy is saying to you. You listen to that voice that's spoken those words. What are they? The words carry power. They carry grace. They're not empty things. Your voice needs to become the same voice. My voice needs to become in unison with the voice of the Father, with the voice of my spirit, with the voice of the word. We need to, we need to be in such synchrony, synch, synchronicity, I don't know, synch, synchronized, somebody help me. Synchronization, thank you, teachers. They need to be in such synchronization with what God, God has said that we sound like one, one person, one voice. That's the whole point. My voice becomes his voice. His voice is heard through my voice. We speak the same thing because his words, 
his voice. They carry power. They carry life. They carry grace. They carry answers. They carry authority. They carry dominion. They carry joy. They carry gladness. I mean, it goes, the list goes on and on. So tonight, you know, I encouraged myself today with this. Let my voice be the same as his. And I'm telling you tonight, let your voice be the same as his. Put down other voices. Put them aside. Put them out. Put them in a place where they do not affect you anymore. And the only way to do that is to make your voice say what God says. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.